And it's a lot more sort of ephemeral where, you know, you don't necessarily even need to see someone, you know, you can just do it at your own time. You don't have to necessarily be there, um, you know, be focused on the other person the same way that you would in the physical setting. So we're talking about the snoring 20s compared to the 1920s, which was known as the roaring 20s. What are the characteristics that are defined by 1920s? Well, I think when people think of the Roaring Twenties, you know, they think of the flapper girl movements, the Jazz Age, and the Harlem Renaissance. You know, a lot of that has to do with sort of the liberalization of, um, you know, social norms. You know, women just got the right to vote. We just came out of a huge war. You know, the economy was doing well, and so everyone was in this sort of mindset of prosperity and, you know, doing whatever they want, doing whatever they, you know, they felt like doing. You know, it's a sort of an age of excess. Um, but, you know, we're not seeing that same liberalization, you know, even though obviously our culture is a lot more liberal now and, you know, there are certain you know, areas that, you know, people are pushing to become more liberal. But we're not seeing that sort of same access um, in mind of, you know, people going out to do whatever they want. Now it's about moderation. It's about sort of the dulling of America where people aren't drinking as much, people aren't doing as much drugs, uh, people aren't, you know, hooking up as much as they used to. Um, and so it's just an interesting sort of shift that we've seen um, happen in the past few years. So that's what you're saying is the snoring 20s is generally just a bit of a slowdown. Right. It's more about, I guess, restraint and balance um, than it is about, you know, excess and prosperity and doing whatever, you know, comes to mind. So that's some of the characteristics to expect going forward in this decade? Um, it's hard to say if this is a trend that's going to continue on. Uh, you know, we've seen this trend happen slowly over the past few years. You know, it's not a particularly new trend, especially with the advent of newer technologies like social media and, you know, in-home streaming. Right. A lot of that has sort of replaced the activities that people have done in the past, like going out, especially now, you know, when that technology has become a lot more important since you know the pandemic has happened. We do expect this trend to continue on for a while, but it's hard to say what's the new technology and how that's going to affect, you know, how people are going to react in the future. What is the stay at home index? Uh, so the stay at home index was an index created by a financial company at the start of the pandemic. You know, a lot of companies were losing money, um, you know, the stock market tumbled, um, but certain industries and brands and companies were expected to do well. Um, and so uh, this financial firm created you know, an index of these different brands. And so they include brands like Peloton, Verizon, because you know everyone was going to be using the internet, Amazon, just because they're going to be the last sort of delivery company left. Um, and so all these different brands that people relied on while staying at home um, were expected to do well. And so, you know, they just wrapped it all into one um, index. I find it interesting that like Zillow is on there and because people aren't really moving. Yeah, Zillow, yeah Zillow's an interesting one, but like home sales are up right now, you know, even over last really? year. Really? Oh. Yeah, because, uh, oh. you know, the Fed dropped interest rates to, you know, some of the lowest levels. Right. You know, not everyone obviously is out of jobs. And, you know, some people are thinking about moving, moving away from big cities um, into suburbs and things like that. And so, you know, moving is still going on, um, just not the same places that we thought were, you know, in high demand mm. in the past. Yeah, same with, I mean, Match was also an interesting one because when the pandemic first hit, see that like on online dating did get impacted because people couldn't just meet up yeah you know brands 
have to adapt quickly to the changing environment and all these different apps and you know services you know they're no different they you know see what's going on they understand how it affects their business and so they have to adapt or you know die and they adapted especially chain restaurants and qsrs have i think done a pretty good job with it you know obviously you know, going out to a restaurant, um, you know, wasn't going to happen. And so a lot of them created these, you know, take home bundles, um, you know, Denny's Uh, and Subway's, you know, it's not just giving you, you know, the food itself, but they're giving you the ingredients to make it at home. So, you know, they're giving you like jugs of milk and loaves of bread um, for you just to sort of recreate it. And like, I think Dunkin' Donuts gave you these, um, you know, make at home donut kits so you and your kids can, you know, have something creative to do while, you know, enjoying their food. And so I I think a lot of uh, fast food chains um, did a pretty good job um, during the pandemic um, with the whole stay at home, be creative at home um, idea. How do you think this is something that we are adapting to in our current environment? Yeah, I mean, I think we're obviously being forced to interact virtually. Um, You know, it's a lot safer. It's easier for people to use and uh, interact with each other with. But, you know, there are obviously downsides with virtual interactions. You know, you don't get the same emotional connections that you would, you know, with an in-person, you know, talking to someone face-to-face, you know, touching someone you know, you don't understand the same nuances that you would get, uh, you know, with body language and things like that. And it's a lot more sort of ephemeral where, you know, you don't necessarily even need to see someone, you know, you can just do it at your own time. You don't have to necessarily be there, um, you know, be focused on the other person the same way that you would in the physical setting. Yeah, I think like the time thing is really interesting. It's great that you can do it on your own time, but it's also, I've personally found it hard because you're a bit more scheduled in life. Like you end up having to, oh no, right, I must um, be free at this time or like I have to make a cup of tea at this time before I sit down. Right. Um, then, so yeah, some some of the flexibility, I guess, somewhat has been taken out of that as well. Yeah, and, and also recently, like I've noticed like I've been multitasking more, especially if I don't have to be on screen. So, you know, I could be doing some other work um, on like a different oh, screen. Yeah, I, I guess with virtual interactions, you, you're not always present the same way that you are um, in the physical setting. You know, you don't have the same manners and the same rules and etiquettes doesn't necessarily apply um, to a virtual environment. So do you think our social structures have changed as well? You know, you mentioned how technology has changed and bits like that, but I think our social, like what we are doing and what the kind of activities that we're involved in. Yeah, I think technology has played a huge role in supplanting some of those social structures um, that we were you know, used to in the past. Um, but other big trends that's happened, you know, America has become more secular as time has gone on. You know, people are less reliant on churches. People aren't attending churches as much as they used to. Old social clubs like the Rotary Clubs and the Elk Clubs um, are, you know, losing, you know, members left and right. And so even with, you know, the advent of new technologies, um, you know, taking over for some of those uh, different communities, you know, some of the old community groups in the past have also, you know, begun to lose a lot of their powers. And so, you know, those two things hand in hand has really sort of shifted where we you know are seeking other people's companies and more often than not you know it's online you know it's through 
different uh, groups that we find online, whether it's uh, based on our hobbies or, you know, if we're gamers, you know, going on, you know, the PlayStation Network or the Xbox Network to, you know, find friends and things like that. And so a lot of these groups have, you know, shifted online and we're spending more of our time as online. And so that's where our, you know, communities are coming from now. I mean, yeah, I think even right now with COVID-19, it's definitely been a huge shift. Do you find your social life has changed being at home? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, everyone has seen at least part of their social life um, really shift, you know, right at the beginning, you know, everyone, you know, did the happy hours over Zoom um, and things like that. But I feel like more recently, a lot of that's begun to die down, you know, as, you know, certain cities and certain restaurants are beginning to reopen. Some people are beginning to move back um, to that area. But for a lot of people, you know, it's still, you know, hunkering down, um, you know, avoiding other people. And, you know, one of the dangers is that some people might take that as a permanent change, um, you know, having work groups, having friends and social groups, you know, it's part of being human. And, you know, without certain structures, like an office space to you know, push you into, you know, meeting other people, uh, you know, it can become very dangerous, you know, in terms of people becoming more lonely and things like that. Yeah, it's like the lack of social interactions, I guess, is just decreased so much. Yeah. Um, another trend that we've been seeing come in the past few years has also been the loneliness trends where, you know, more people are saying that they're lonely. And obviously, this is, you know, something that's also been, you know, pushed on by, you know, uh, technology and social media and things like that. But obviously, with the pandemic, you know, people have to, you know, stay away from other people. And this only really sort of exacerbates the problem more and more. And, you know, with loneliness, it comes depression and anxiety and other sort of mental health issues. Uh, you know, you don't have the same social structures to, you know, to provide support, um, you know, if you're feeling bad. And so um, it can be a very dangerous time for a lot of people. Yeah, but I think with people staying at home, the the positives of that, you know, more and more people are saving more money mm. and they're not going up and especially um, millennials and younger people. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, I guess, bright spots of, you know, staying home is that, you know, you save a lot of money and, you know, millennials obviously growing up, you know, during the Great Recession, you know, saving money is, you know, top of mind for them. You know, they don't have as much money saved as, you know, previous generations did um, at their age. And so, uh, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to just cancel plans and, you know, stay home, watch something that, you know, you've already enjoyed again. Yeah. So like you mentioned canceling plans as well. That's definitely another theme that we've seen um, on this topic as well. Yeah. I mean, canceling plan, I think it's, it's become almost a meme in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, one of the big trends in the past few years has been the self-care trends. It's about doing things in favor of your mental health, you know, whether it's, you know, having a, like a nice bubble bath or whatnot. Uh, but for a lot of people, canceling plans is self-care. You know, a lot of people have social anxiety. They don't want to interact with other people. They get nervous when, you know, they have to go out with their friends and talk to strangers. And so canceling plans for a lot of people is, you know, good for their mental health. And so it's become normalized to, you know, be able to cancel plans, um, you know, with friends without having that sort of stigma attached to it anymore. Do you think we're all becoming hermits? Um, I don't think we're all becoming hermits. I do think that, you know, this is a trend that's sort of here to stay for the moment. It's a experience that we have gotten used to over time. And because of COVID, because of the pandemic forcing us to experience these sort of new technologies, um, 
it's something that will will get sort of adapted to um, and be used to. But I don't think that you know older traditional ways of getting together face to face, you know, at a bar at a movie is going to go away soon. You know, we still understand there is a need to be physically there with one another. You know, it's not necessarily you know every Friday night we have to go to a bar, but maybe once in a while you know we can have you know a date night on you know through Skype or something like that. But this doesn't mean that we're all becoming hermits. We are all getting together and hanging out, but just a lot of people are choosing to stay indoors. So that's it for this episode of Provocation with Purpose, the podcast that talks about pushing the boundaries, culture and trends and what it means for us. Subscribe and stay tuned for more from Team Mindshare and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Mindshare underscore USA. Thank you.